everyone. So welcome to the first video from Up For Mental Health, um, the new mental health charity. Uh, this is our first video for YouTube. They're going to be different every month, but I thought this month we're going to do a podcast just to introduce ourselves to you. Uh, as we've said on social media through various different things, it's good for us to actually be known by you guys, that the trustees should be um, out there for you to talk to and interact if it's to do with mental health and it's to do with yourself um self-well-being or anything like that you should have that interaction so this seemed like the best way of doing it and then next month we'll have a different type of video the month after that we'll have a different type of video because we always want to change it up for you but please do like comment and subscribe anyway you can give us some ideas maybe things that we haven't got on the website or anything like that it'd be really good to um to see those and interact with you so um First of all, I am Adam Parsons. I am the chair of board of trustees for Up for Mental Health. Um, I'm also known online through Twitch and um, other YouTube and TikTok and all that kind of stuff as Up for the Challenge. Um, originally started on YouTube, then went over to Twitch and I'm a mental health streamer and facilitator. That's literally what I do. I don't game. I'm one of the few, if maybe the only, I haven't seen the others on Twitch that just doesn't game at all. I don't even do stream raiders. Um, I don't I do not do anything. I just never shut up. And that's where I come from. Um, I then got the idea um, after meeting a few others, like those people around me, um, for having a charity or some kind of group to talk about mental health a little bit more and to actually help people beyond what we can do on Twitch. Because obviously, online interactions and Twitch does have its limits. It is very good, but it does have its limits. That's where I kind of came, uh, came from to, to do that. Um, and then this is where we are now. So um, I will just pass it around to everybody because um, everyone can introduce themselves and kind of say who they are and why they're here. So Dave, do you want to kind of say who you are other, other than just being Dave? Sure. I'm the nice version of him. Um, so, so I'm Dave Cottrell. Um, I operate online under the name Mindset by Dave. Um, I'm also a mental health streamer. I play games very sparingly, so I play them a little bit, well, obviously much more frequently than Adam because I actually play them, but, but much less frequently than most of my peers. Basically, I got into that because I've been working in mental health for a few years now. I do talks and education in schools and in businesses. And from when the pandemic hit last year, I moved into streaming as a way to help continue to educate people. Um, I'm actually award-winning for one of the things that I did. I won an award of the Prime Minister last year called a Point to Life Award, Point of Light, not Life, but um, for work in mental health from a show that I ran called the Mental Health Family Hour. And basically I joined this charity because Back in the day, when I started a podcast, the, the, I had that whole thing that so many people say that is, if I can make a difference to just one person, then that's enough. Turned out that wasn't enough. Um, turned out that I wanted to help more and more people. So I'm constantly asking myself that question, how could I help even more people? Through solo work, I've done that quite a bit. Through various partners, I've done that quite a bit. And I figured that a charity would be one way to really expand that and to kind of help influence and shape help that's out there for people moving forward cool thank you i do podcasts as well but i'm way past the, the um, than, than dave dave was definitely before me on all of this i just kind of started putting myself online and here i am leah do you want to tell us um who you are and everything about you and, and all that kind of stuff um my name is leah i used to stream mental health streams but i no longer do that due to university um, I'm a third year East Asian studies student. Um, I have a lot of personal experience with mental health. And also, I just don't think mental health is handled the best these days in our society. So I think a charity like this is really good to have a voice mm. in that and help guide. 
sure. See, this is this is where people start to realise just who the loudmouths are within the charity. When me and Dave gone for a bit, and then Leah's just like, "Yeah, this is me." <laughs> Hi. Um, uh, just to say as well that Leah is one of the reasons I do stream. Actually, one of my OGs uh, that I started following on Twitch, and one of the people um, and one of the channels that actually said, "Like, why don't you just turn the camera on?" So. Um, it's 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 all Leah's fault. Um, so, uh, Jordan, do you want to tell us um, who you are and all that kind of? I was going to say who you are and where you, where you come from. Like like we're in some kind of weird quiz show, but you know, <laughs> blind date, strange, strange quiz, <laughs> quiz show. That is. No, so I'm Jordan Cooper. Uh, I'm a software engineer. I work in the fintech industry. Um, the reason I'm involved uh, really kind of goes back a few years. So I, I got quite involved with mental health and well-being at university. Um, and then when I left university, I kind of realized that I'd, I'd take my after ball a bit and I wanted to try and help people a bit more. I, I've had people help me when I've gone through various problems and struggles. So I think it's never a bad thing to talk about mental health more. And as, as many avenues as there are that already exist, it can never hurt to have more and try and reach out to more people to try and affect their lives in a positive way. Um, that's why I'm here. Cool. Yeah, um, obviously, uh, me and uh, Jordan knew each other at university as well, which is kind of where... Um, we come from because we're all from you may be able to just about to tell from the accents but we are from all over the country this is not one place I will say now and this is for the internet to have a go at me for geography now because this is something that um, came up in a, in a meeting I'm aware that technically where Jordan is um, I won't actually dox him but it's technically the southwest however I'm from West Sussex originally so which is despite what everyone thinks if you look at like what everyone thinks is the lowest in the southeast which is everyone thinks kent is in dover where i'm from is lower west sussex is lower than than uh, kent and all that kind of thing so to me where you are even though it's technically the southwest is a hundred miles north of where i'm from so to me that's the midlands anything above the Watford gap we get the old school anything above the Watford gap is north or the midlands so uh, <laughs> sorry i know that that's technically a, a random conversation but that's the, also the point of the podcast is to say who we are and just have these random chats because like we say we want you guys to know who we are tom do you know Yo. so tom has a bit of a headache today so we're not seeing his face live <laughs> Putting him up. Um, so um we're just going to see a, a, a nice picture that tom has specifically sent me to look his prettiest so um <laughs> go on tom i don't think i have a single one of those um <laughs> So yeah, my, my name's Tom. I'm primarily uh, a martial arts instructor, fitness instructor, and I work as a stage and screen combat artist and fight performer, uh, among other, many other titles. Um, I kind of got into this due to Adam mostly, but also the fact that I had a bit of a long sort of history of it with uh, my mother from suffering from mental illness for the entirety of her life and dealing with that mostly. Um, that pretty much covers it, basically. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I mean, I think we all kind of have some personal interaction. So thank you, everyone, for saying who you are. Um, I think we all kind of have some personal interaction with mental health, and I think that's, that's important because we all come, so we all come from relatively different backgrounds. So despite the fact that three of us here are fitness instructors in some way, shape or form, um, and martial artists, which does seem like we all come from the same background, but it, we're not. I mean, we're all from different counties, different financial backgrounds, different educational backgrounds. It just happens to overlap with things like that. Um, and, you know, we have um, Jordan and Leah, again, from two different ends of the country, um, very different uh, backgrounds, you know, computer software engineer and someone studying East, East Asian studies. Uh, I, I don't think they overlap that much. So it is 
I think really telling the fact that we've all had a personal journey of some kind, whether it's through our family like Tom, or whether it's personal like but many of us here, um, it is very telling. I know that Jordan, for you, is your interaction with um, I kind of half know the answer to this, but your interaction with mental health. Does it also come from the fact um, that at university there was a lot of issues around mental health on top of your own personal journey as well? Yeah, I think so. I became a class representative at university, which pretty much meant uh, I got elected to be the voice of the students in the class to the lecturers so you could feed things back. And I noticed quite a few patterns where people were having problems, we were feeding that information back and nothing was really happening. And that wasn't just tied to university, that was people that I worked with who were completely unrelated. And yeah, you can pick out patterns where people are going through things, they might not talk about it, uh, but you can see it happening. Um, and there really isn't any direct support, or there wasn't then, I felt that people could go to. So it was really difficult to try and help people. Mm. I mean, obviously, I was at the same university, and it hasn't changed. And I worked for that university at one point. So um, they are shockingly bad. Um, but they're not alone. Uh, of most of the universities that I've come across, if we look at it in, in purely, I know only two of us here are still um, students because I never leave university. Um, but <laughs> I mean, I, I've, from still interacting in universities, there's so many of them that are so bad that when you get one that does the bare minimum, it's like, oh my God, they're so amazing. Oh, they're, they're, they're giving me time off. They're, they're saying it's okay to give something in late. My God, they said that I should look after myself. Oh, Jesus, why? How could they possibly do such an amazing thing as a university? Like, well, wait a minute. How the hell is this the new normal for being amazing? Because so many universities, including the one that me and Jordan went to, their idea of um, doing something for Mental Health uh, Month, which I, I have serious issue with anyway, um, was for the staff was to have a few um, chairs and tables outside and a teepee with some pictures up. That's literally what they did um, because I was working at the time. And then for the students was to do a flash dance every now and again, which actually, if anything, because it was in contained area, was more damaging to those that had social anxiety, ADHD, a, um, um, ASD, all these kind of things actually put more into a corner because of things that were happening. But no one thought about this because you're you're raising awareness. Awareness is bugger all good if you're not actually doing something with it. So a lot of the universities seem to fall down. I don't know if you want to pick up on that, Leah, um, purely because the other person that I know, you don't have to name the university. I, I will do if anyone wants me to because I care less. And um, this is, despite the fact this is a charity, any of the words, I will point this out now, any of the words that we say in this are ours. When we talk about the university as a whole, that's the university. Uh, so when we talk about the charity as a whole, that's the charity. But when we're talking individually, because this is to get us to know us, they are our words, specifically our words. Um, as Dave said by the beginning, he is the nicer version of me. I am the grumpy git that will be. This is why we have different people. This is why we have different people from different backgrounds, because one voice shouldn't be everything. So go on, Leah, go on. I was going to say my university did well, but it was very much the bare minimum. Um, in first year, we had a lot of strikes, which meant the teachers were basically stood outside the entrances to all our classrooms, handing out flyers and encouraging us to talk and stuff. And that's terrifying for a lot of people with anxiety. Um, so the teachers basically said, if you don't want to come into class, that's OK. And I was like, oh, that's great. But it is really the bare minimum. Um, but the most recent mental health month, we basically got told, here's some seeds 
come and <laughs> some chia seeds come and collect them from on top of some hill which is someone who suffers with agoraphobia and made it worse through the pandemic I don't really feel like going out and getting seeds and what's that doing for my mental health really I do, do genuinely wonder about that does anyone have any idea because I'm still trying to figure out what in the name of living Christ seeds have to do with mental health unless it was some kind of we want you to come out of yourself we want you to have something to look after I don't know what else it, well, it really does sound like they just went out for the day whoever was in charge of it went out for the day and just went oh look some seeds oh, god that'll save us some money like, what in the Christ and, I, and, you know, this is only one thing we're talking about. I mean, it's just universities. But what does that got to do with mental health? Come on, Dave. You're the one that's got the most experience. The, well, OK. The theme of the Mental Health Foundation put a theme out every year. Um, this yes. year's theme was nature. So people were literally not just clutching at straws of how can we do things for mental health, but clutching at straws for how can we deal with things for nature? Um, so the seeds, you know, I guess, obviously, it's... It comes down to this thing that I suppose one of the one of the big things the charity is trying to get past is the idea of the one size fits all approach. You know, those flash dances um, that you mm. mentioned before. Some people probably found them really energizing and pumped up, whereas people with ASD or sensory overload or anything like that may have found them completely overwhelming. Some other people might have found walking to the top of this hill, planting a seed, nurturing a seed, looking after something, caring for something, might find that useful whereas other people will find it just absolute utter nonsense. And this is kind of the problem is the fact that whenever, well, whenever the Mental Health Foundation suggests something, and I'm a little bit in their defense at this, because ultimately what they've got to do is they've got to suggest something that's going to try and appeal to the most people each year, because it was kindness last year, which um, a lot of people felt was quite a, a quite a woolly approach to things. But to be fair, it's like, quite frankly, we could all do with a little bit more of it. But the thing is, they're in... Um, they're never going to find this situation where they recommend something and everybody's into it. So people look at it and go, well, this isn't going to fix it. And this, and I suppose it's the same is that the stuff that we put out there, we're not going to fix things. We're going to compliment things. We're going to try and help things. And together it all comes together as a piece of the puzzle. So I'm, I can understand the concept behind it and I can play devil's advocate a little bit, a bit more on it here, but um, any of those things need to be, here's what we're doing. And more importantly, here's why we're doing it. And this is where it gets a bit messy because no one wants to be told this might help. No one wants to hear that message. Everyone wants yeah, to hear the message that this will help. And that's the problem, but that's the problem. So for me, and I, 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 so the, the whole thing of like nature and oh yeah, just do something with this. There's two things. One, don't have a fucking theme. Do not have a theme. If you're putting a theme every year of like, oh look, today's theme, it's like Sesame Street for mental health. It doesn't work. It doesn't do anything. You learn you learn letters and numbers from your parents and from school, and you don't learn them um, that much from a, a um, from a, a show on TV. It's the same as everything else that we're doing with the mental health thing. Yes, it might have helped certain people, but when it's only helping fifty percent of people, and the other fifty percent may be getting worse because of it or dragging it down, it doesn't overall help. It also the, the idea that we have this. The first thing that the only the only thing in my mind that should come with it is do something. Because that's what they get away with. Every time you have a theme, you get away with not doing a damn thing. Because come to a hill, get some seeds. That's not the university doing something. That's not anybody doing anything. Even if it was helpful to some something, it was an easy way for the university to go, oh, look how amazing we are. We, we looked at nature and we got you seeds so you can nurture and you can, we're giving, we're giving it back to you so that you can take con control and so you can nurture those seeds and so that you have that, which yes, is great, but it, it gives you a get out clause. 
it's like when you have coffee shops or wherever just put up they do it for lgb lgbt for, for pride month and things like that as well it's just like look how amazing we are i mean i we had one here the same thing happens with pride month because we had one where i am here where um a bank locally had a pride um poster up that was from 2020 they just hadn't bothered to update it it literally said 2020 on it but it's the same thing that happens with mental health month nobody nobody cares oh oh it's that month oh okay put something up yeah, yeah, we'll give, we'll give a 5% discount if they've got some NHS card or something, you know. That we're giving, now, to me, if you're going to have a theme, which I have issue with having theme anyway, because that's paint by numbers, is to have this kind of, no, do something. We don't care what you do even, just do something. And yes, it is hard for people to not just say, this is definitely going to help. But the problem is, is that people have been going, this is definitely going to help for so long. That is the problem. That's why so many people are suffering. That's why we have people that worry about going to the NHS because they get told one thing. We all know what that is. It's CBT. And CBT doesn't work for everyone. Like so you've the just point? created a uh, mental health advert for Nike. Just do something. Nike support. <laughs> <laughs> Nike. So, so Nike, if you're out there, hey, if you, if you want to help us out, you want to give us some money to help, and you want to put, we'll do it, you know. <laughs> but it, it, is the, it is the case that just seems to be, I think this is my biggest problem with, with um, mental health, with all of it, is it's always about how can, we, how can we make sure that corporations don't do anything? How can we help corporations to pretend they're helpful? How can we help universities to pretend that they do something? Because it's all a pretense. Because when it comes down to it, the universities, when, when we look at it, they don't actually do any help, like Jordan says. They don't really do anything. In fact, the bare minimum is usually the, the, the excellence. But how many times throughout the year, Jordan, Leah, anybody here that's been to university, how many times through the year do they say, oh, we're so amazing. Look at what we did um, for mental health this time. Look at what we did here. Oh, last month we, we did this. The first, first one, on first um, group that came together for mental health at the university that me and Jordan were at, wasn't even me that said this, but the comment was made, we want the certificate of every counsellor at this university because they're so bad, we don't believe that they actually have qualifications. And this is a university that carried on about how good it was at mental health. So that's my issue with that, is that if you're giving somebody a, a door to run out of when you mention something, then they're always going to choose the door. <laughs> Universities need to be more flexible anyway. Um, and not, not just them, but in, in the wider sort of picture of society with mental health, like Dave, you put it quite, quite well in that there's, there's not a one-size-fits-all approach. But despite that, quite a large proportion of the, of the public and organisations still think, oh, I don't know, you've got anxiety. I'll just go, go sit in the corner for a bit, relax, calm down. It's like, no, that's, that's not the right approach to take. It's, you can't just put all of these different issues that people are having into one box and say, oh, go do this. You, know, you don't go to a doctor and then the doctor solves every problem you have. They're not qualified to and they never could be. They'll send you on to someone who knows about that area where you've got a problem or something going on and that's how mental health should be treated but it isn't at the moment mm. i mean there's a great uh tiktok is great for this i think there's a oh what's his name there's a singer called ryan mack who most people probably heard uh the thing it's just like um he he does uh, don't get over the, the song with don't get overwhelmed and there's one line that says well 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 would you look at that another person telling me that you should just relax um and it's just that that line alone so many people have um, stitched into and done on, on tiktok because everyone's just like yeah how many times have we all had someone just say just relax 
Yeah, but the thing is, people don't know how to help you relax. But the uh, but also, well, that, this was NHS as well. Somebody literally yeah. stitched it today that I saw, and it was NHS that was funny like that. That was their emergency team. Because <laughs> um, it's it's funny that ninety percent of my job is um, telling people to do the thing you want them to do without telling it. Now, I've, in case people can't tell from my accent, I am a scouser. So calm down, calm down, calm down <laughs> is um, is one of our catchphrases. Thank you, Harry Enfield. Um, my Lee dad is too young has... to remember that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that that is that is, and then and I love that meme that says in the history, no no one has ever calmed down in the history of being told. Being to Calm to calm down. Down. Yeah. But the funny thing is that actually, if someone is having a, if someone is having a panic attack or an anxiety attack, what you actually want them to do is calm down. Mm-hmm. Not, I'm not saying that's going to fix their anxiety. It's going to fix the attack. Or it's going to make. It's going to fix the symptoms of the attack that are there right then. Now, if you te- if you get a person instead to kind of be like, right, okay, let's breathe together. And I think you've you've heard the one that I use with people, which is rather than going like square breathing or anything like that, I just say, look, let's try and make each next breath a little bit longer than the previous one. Because what that's actually doing is calming the person down. And this is effective. And I think even little things that like I've shown you the juggling ball technique, I think at some point, which was a neuroscientist that came up with that one. It switches the person out of anxiety mode, thinking about the anxiety into I need to make a movement. And it can it can calm down anxiety in about 30 to 40 seconds. It's ridiculously effective. But these things, it's like... There's two sides of that. One is people don't know these to teach them. And as I do know them to teach them, there's another side of that, that when I say suggest these things to people, people just go, that'll never work. Um, which is exactly what I said to the person who taught it to me. So I volunteered to go up and check whether it works. And it did. Yeah. Um, and that's the whole thing is that like what you actually want a person to do is calm down. But the last, if, you know, if I want to help somebody, what I want them, what I want them to know. So what I need to know from that person before I can help them is what do you think is wrong with you? Right. Mm. But you never ask a person what's wrong with you. It's it's not a useful question in the slightest because people ask that of themselves. And the second they say, what's wrong with me? It's a spiral, you know, everything that they've ever thought bad about themselves is coming out. Every troll that they've ever come across, those things are coming out. So I actually realized that, right, what's a better way to get to the end of that question is I usually say to people, how can I help? Because that gets them to tell me everything that they need help with rather than actually what they think is wrong with them. The answer to what is wrong with me, well, I'm a paranoid mess or I'm an anxious mess or I can't do this or I'm always depressed. I used to say that one. Um, I wasn't always depressed. I was just mostly depressed, you know, but I was always depressed. So mm. it's... Um, this is why we have Dave here, if anyone's wondering. Um, so yeah, I mean... Because <laughs> I'm it's, always depressed. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I mean, that, that's the thing of... I, I mean, uh, the, the core of all of all of this, rather ironically, because we've just been talking about universities, but it's education. It's it's helping people to understand these things. And you, I mean, you're absolutely right with panic attacks. It's that thing of helping someone calm down without just telling them. And it's that, you know, being able to breathe. You know, the worst thing I ever had, I had a panic attack once when I was at university, different university than me and John went to, because I've, I've been to a couple. But, All of um, them. <laughs> the, first, the first university I, I went to, I had a panic attack. No, I knew I had, I was having a panic attack. I was well aware that I was having a panic attack because I'd had them a lot. I don't have them much and much anymore, but I'd had them quite a lot, probably about three or four years of having them quite often. But it was really intense. And my, my housemates had no idea what was happening. And so the paramedics were called and they wouldn't let me try and meditate. They kept putting my arms apart. And I was like, you're going to take me to hospital right now, which is wasting of taxpayers money for a start. And you're gonna you're gonna do these tests. The second you know, I kind of freak out and reset. 
I'm going to be out of the hospital and you've just wasted your time, my time, doctor's time, everyone's time. Just let me meditate. And it's like, no. And then pull, every time, all I was doing was put my hands together like that and just, I wanted to just breathe because I knew what would help. But no, it didn't, it didn't ascribe to the way they'd been taught things. And that's, that's the biggest thing is that, again, it comes back to what you said, though. It's the, it's the one size fits all that we need to, especially if someone's saying, like I, I do say to people like, you don't necessarily know yourself best. Sorry, you don't. There are times when you do, but you don't always. But if somebody's saying to you, I know how to get out of this. I know how to calm myself. I know how to do that. How can I help you do that? As you said, how can I yeah. help you? You know, do, do you need us to take a thing back? Would some oxygen right now help just to just to kind of reset you, overload you? Would you know what can we do to kind of stop you overloading? But that's not what they do. It's just like no, we've got to follow this. You know, it's 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 a nightmare because it's it's the same as that when you when you um, diagnose someone on a DSM or anything like that. You you kind of go, oh, so you have this and this and this. Okay, well we think that you now have this. Great. I mean, if you follow John Ronson at all, who's um, a journalist and an author, uh, there was someone who went to, uh, who was going to be going to prison. So he pled insanity instead. He got taken into um, what I think at the time was called an asylum. Um, and he's still there several decades later because he immediately basically went, yeah, there's nothing wrong with me because he was, he was doing it to get a prison sentence. And um, the fact that he was saying there was nothing wrong with him was proof that there was something wrong with him. And so when people go by this, this tick thing, it just doesn't work. It's so dangerous. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many things. I mean, um, Tom, if you want to come in on this, I think the same thing applies for, for martial arts in that sometimes we tell someone to do a certain thing because we want them to do something else. Yeah, uh, it's one of the most used tricks in the book I found. <laughs> tell them to think about, you know, um, if you want them to relax, we tend to think about uh, well, I resorted to multiple things to do for that, but if you want to relax, you tell them to think about what they're doing with their hands, and while they're thinking about what they're doing with their hands, their shoulders suddenly start relaxing, because they're not thinking about what they're doing with their shoulders, or tell them to think about their feet and the rest of their body. It's, it's a trick all the time. It's mm. any way to get someone to relax, other than going, relax, because it never works. <laughs> Second you say relax, shoulders come up past the rear lobes. It's just... I, mean, I, to... I am I to... relaxed. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Yeah, I used to do for, for wrist locks, I used to say to people, just um, pretend you're sleeping. I think Jordan might remember that. So just pretend you're sleeping. Because the second you kind of think about it and you're really trying to put it on, it's like, it's, you're, you're trying to use strength and that's not going to work. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, well, depending on being you want to be with the wrist lock, the one I usually use is uh, just cough. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're going to shut. That's again, that's said, depends on mean you want to be with the wrist lock. But... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is so strange um, that these are not things that are in the norm and it is still i i know the immediate um thing that anybody watching this that either works in nhs or council or anything like that would be like well it's just expensive mm -hmm. okay fine I, that's not an excuse because it, it's used as an excuse every time it's expensive great what's expensive but is letting all this go in the direction it's going it's yeah. just not as expensive each it's not it might not be expensive in the quarter but it's expensive in the decade. Yeah, I mean, it's this idea of, um, oh, it's expensive to do this. Okay, so would you like to tell me exactly how much a human life is? How much are you, how much are you willing to um, kill someone? How much of that money do you want to spend? Because that's what they're doing. 
And the thing is, is that because of the way that we do it nowadays and because neurotypicals um, don't like to discuss this because it makes them uncomfortable about neurodivergence, they won't talk about it in those terms. But that is what they're saying, especially if you suffer from suicidal depression or anything around those things, because you going, oh, yes, but it's too expensive to help this group of people or these people or, or whoever it is. Great. So you've killed them. And that, that's 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 just it. And I'm, I know that there's so many people possibly people that are watching this that will say, yeah, but that's just hyperbole. You're just, you're over-egging it. It's not. Have a look at suicide rates. Not even just in England. Have a look at suicide rates, um, rates across the world. At some point, someone said that the stuff that would help them was too expensive. At some point, guarantee you, that something that would have helped them was too expensive. But it's too expensive, so it doesn't matter. And it's baffling to me for many reasons, one of them being that capitalist I, I am yeah and that's the argument of like capitalism it, it's money but if we just if we, if you want to take it if you want to be um an ethically devoid ass and take out the idea of human life it still makes capital sense to help someone be more productive and to continue in their own life and to be a, a, a successful person in society there is nothing that doesn't mean that you should be continuing. It's all short-term nonsense. It's this idea, it's, it's an idea of going, um, I don't know, if we're buying a bag of pasta and the pasta is, um, you know, it's, it's a big bag of pasta and then there's a small bag of pasta. Well, oh, I'll get the small bag of pasta because that's cheaper. But the, 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 the other one was double the size and it was 4p more. Well, of course, the second bag is going to last for longer. You can make multiple meals out of that one. But the first one, yeah, but that's that's how much I want to spend right now. Yeah, but that's you're not you're not making any view for the future there at all, and that's the biggest problem. It's such a nightmare with that. What's really ironic is um, I remember reading is probably about six months before COVID all hit. Um, I think it was a Bank of England report or some kind of government report that was saying that the UK has a productivity problem. I'm like, well, yeah, if you uh, force wages down, make people work longer and then cut their healthcare, yeah, there's going to be a productivity problem. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Um, and yet they still don't get it. They still can't, like, like you said, they don't look a decade ahead. It's kind of, well, we need to balance the budget now um, uh, and we need to do these things right, right now. And it's like, no, you don't. And this is a country not a household bank account you don't need to balance it right now you need to plan strategically for the long-term future of the people which isn't that difficult to do if you actually ask the right people who know about these things yeah i mean it just brings us back to um and this is a this is a political and apolitical statement two in one but if you look at when the 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 bust was about to happen 2007 2008 when we went into um, recession everything like that one person in parliament basically warned everyone it was on the way. He was the economist. <laughs> he was an economist, had worked. He had a degree in economy, had worked as an economist for billion pound companies. And everyone's response was, you know, nothing of economics. And you're like, and this is the problem. We, we, we have people in parliament, in, in the Lords, everywhere that know about mental health. We have medical doctors. We have mental health um, doctors, mental health nurses who are there who do discuss this and what do we do yes but it doesn't matter because of this no no i'm sorry but when it comes to mental health and medical health they're the ones i want to listen to the ones that that stepped up during covid um for for, for medical stuff they're the ones i want to listen to 
on medical because they've actually had the balls to go, you know what, no, I'm doing it. The, the mental health stuff is, it comes from mental health. Now, I'm not saying that everyone isn't part of the discussion because everyone is part of the discussion. Otherwise, we end up segregating again. But when we all we do is listen to a, a viewpoint that has nothing to do really with humanity, we get, we get stuck constantly. We just get over and over again, we get completely stuck. And, you know, we end up, you know, we end up effectively in a mental health version of a recession, which is where we seem to be right now. I mean, everyone was going on about how, oh, well, we've really kicked into to gear about mental health in the past year. You know, obviously we've been, we've been shown this through the pandemic. There was a study that was done. Um, I believe it was by Mind. 20% uh, of people during the pandemic felt they were suffering from stress and mental health issues and didn't look for any help because they did not believe they were worthy of the help. They didn't recognize their own mental health. But of course, we've got so much better in understanding. No, we haven't. I mean, it always amazes me that one of the people um, who is most who, who is seen as the strong leader in um, uh, in Parliament in, in Britain in general, and he's always comes up as one of the top Brits. It's Winston Churchill. A lot of issues, both sides, all that kind of stuff. He is also the most well-documented sufferer of depression of any person that's ever stepped into those bloody chambers. He is known for making comments about the black dog continually on his back every day, that his, his struggles with depression, the fact that he was always self-doubting during his time in, in, um, in power, everything. He's the most well-documented and talking about depression. And he was a realist on the idea of depression. He never once said anything against, um, you know, that we, should, that we should turn away from the idea of mental health. He was actually probably the first politician that fully said, this is a bloody thing, you know, I'm the strong, but this is a thing. And we seem to have ignored that. And yet everyone kind of goes, we, we get into the same thing of like, oh, well, we just gotta be strong. Get stuck. That comes often, I find that people that, everyone's always, everyone has had a problem with mental health. The problem is a lot of people probably don't realize that they have. Mm. So the, I, I find this particularly maybe amongst some of the older generation, because um, it's the whole, you know, stiff upper lip thing, which is fine. That, that's, uh, you know, that's just one of the things that was, that was in our culture. But I always find it really strange and hard to deal with when they'll, when someone is really suffering in their family and then they'll come along and just say, oh, well, just get over it. It's fine. Why are you like this? It's like, it's, how do you, how do you educate people that, you have had these problems. You just don't realise you've had it. And now you're effectively pushing someone down for having the exact same issues you've had. Um, yeah. And that seems to happen a lot in society. It's weird. It's, it's, it seems to be an in-between generation that does that. Because I found a lot of people, say, from the Second World War, First World War, who have mass PTSD. I mean, how many people's grandparents, grandparents did not want to talk about their experiences in the war? Because they couldn't. They, they, knew, they knew that they had... An issue. I mean, they used to call it shell shock in their day. Um, you know, they they were fully aware that they had they had issues and they had nightmares, many of them, and there was so many so much stuff. Um, but then the, the generation afterwards, and then maybe the one after that, just kind of ignored it and just went, yeah. But it's well, your your granddad never complained. Yeah, what? No, he never talked. <laughs> he was in the corner yeah. in constant nightmarish like reality. It's like your granddad never fuck off. He was in constant mental pain. This idea that we don't do it, it just seems to have skipped. I think if we had taken stock of what happened in that, in that time and brought that forward, which I think some countries have, Finland, probably one of the better ones for it. Um, I mean, Finland fought two wars at once during the Second World War because they also had the Finnish, um, 
uh, Russian war. But they, you know, they seem to take stock of it and bring it forward. But many others didn't. And so we, we seem to be stuck in this idea of, well, they didn't complain. I didn't complain. Neither should you. It's like, it's not how it works. Just because you didn't complain doesn't mean you didn't go through misery your entire life, you know. And people go, oh, well, you know, I, I had to struggle. I had to. So what? I've been homeless in my life. It doesn't mean if I have a child that I want them to be homeless just to make sure they toughen up. What the hell is wrong with you? It doesn't it doesn't work like that. Like when you're when your thought process is you need to go through shits to prove that I wasn't wrong, because that's <laughs> effectively what they're saying. I need you to be hurt to prove that my parenting was right. No. You need to just be a decent parent and actually have some time for people. And, you know, this is this is seen by so many people, so many people in families where you have someone just going, oh, yeah, but, you know, we didn't complain. No. Step up. Step up on mental health. You know, and I know that for some people, some parents, um, they've they might have, you know, they might have gone through it and they don't really like you say, they don't really realize they've gone through it. And so they're they're kind of throwing out what they've been taught from the media, you know, what GB yeah. News and the Daily Mail and all that kind of nonsense has thrown at them um, and they just switch off to it. But. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help them. It doesn't help anything at all. And it's really dangerous. It's really dangerous for people going forward. And we're only really picking up on it and since the millennials. Millennials and Gen Z are, the, are really when people have started to go, you know what? No. Not, we're not doing this anymore. Uh, I'm struggling. You're going to listen to the fact that I'm struggling. Um, I mean, how many Gen Xers are the ones that just go, no, just bite the bullet? But every day they're in so much mental pain because they can't because they don't, they don't even have the, the things in place to know what's wrong or to know how to deal with it. And that's the biggest problem. Go on, someone step in. Like, has it improved in schools? I mean, it's, it's been a while since I, I was in a secondary school, but there was absolutely no education towards mental health issues when I was in school. None. Like, <laughs> I trained as a teacher. No. <laughs> I've spoken in over 100 schools about mental health. Yes. <laughs> well... The schools that you've been to, then. Well, yeah, this is this is it. It's a selection, isn't it? It's a, it's a it's bias, a shall we say? Yeah, po postcode lottery, and that's the biggest problem. I think that's that's the thing when it becomes a kind of, well, if you've got someone that's that's willing to come in and you're you're getting them, great. But why isn't it part of the uh, part of the curriculum? Why is mental health part of the national curriculum? And uh, uh, by be. the way, for anyone watching, any any kids that are doing the GCSEs and A levels, that doesn't mean I'm saying that maths won't help you science because it will. We can have that debate another time. What I am saying is, on top of that, you should have mental health. And I, th the problem is, is that I know the immediate response from head teachers um, and vice heads and um, governmental things would be, "Well, we do PSHEE." No, you don't. You sit them down in a room and you show them a video. You don't talk about anything. It is a getaway hour, and you know it. That's the biggest problem: is you know it. No one makes it into a lesson, and if they do. They're a new teacher and they soon lose their drive when they realize that no one else cares. And that's the biggest problem. If we made it into an actual curriculum thing, if we made, even if we just said, right, psychology is now, obviously teaching our psychology has its issues, but at least there'd be something and we could talk about it in that lesson as, a, as part of the curriculum. It'd be so much better. But when all they do is have, um, when the best of them is all they're doing is having somebody in coming to speak, shouldn't there be more because you get people to come in and speak about their sports prowess doesn't mean everyone's going to listen to sports that's kind of that's kind of the issue with it 
And I know, and I'm not, not to take it away from you, Dave, but you know, that's, that's the way to think about it, you know. Oh no, like one of the, when I first started doing that, um, one of, I was still a PT when I first started doing it. And one of the other personal trainers in the gym came up to me and said, this must be the most, that must be the most rewarding part of your job. And I'm like, mm, I'm like, there's so much faith involved in it. And I'm not a religious person, but I'm like, there's so much faith. I'm like, because essentially you go in there and you do the talk and you and some kids to give you some feedback but a lot of the times you actually have blank expressions looking at you and all the rest of it who's this guy that's just come in yeah okay we get a little bit the teachers have said that we kind of get through to them a little bit more like a little bit more than they do sometimes because obviously we don't have to because they don't there's someone new or whatever so we do have a little bit of a benefit on that department but ultimately it's like okay you let's go back to the seeds analogy from before <laughs> you're planting seeds and then you know the very first stages of planting seeds you don't see anything grow you don't see anything grow until it gets above the surface so you just don't know what impact it's having so essentially i'm like yeah sort of but as i'd, I'd be as as a pt i'd be one-to-one -one with people i'd see them able to do something that they couldn't do at the beginning of the hour and that was like instant gratification whereas with this i'm like it is rewarding i said but i've literally only just started doing it and I don't know what that reward is yet. And I don't know, like, whether, I don't know if it's going to work, how well it's going to work and, uh, and so on. So it's, um, yeah, it's I mean, an interesting process. So Leah was the, the person that was most recently in school, but so she can back up whether, whether this is right or not. But um, so my way of thinking about that is they have you in um, maybe for the year seven, year eight, whatever like that. And then year nine, You've got to, you've got to pass your exam. We've got to make sure you get, you get a better year nine. You're doing your exams now. You've got to get a B. You've got to get an A. Right. Well, if you haven't got it now, you've got to do it in year eleven. You've got to make sure this is the rest of your life we're talking about. You, you, if you fail, that's your life over. You, you've got to do it. You've got to get an A, because that's what the uh, head head um, teacher said to them. Because that's where they are on the league table. If you don't do it, oh well, you know you're just you're useless. You can go be a, a cleaner. Come on, get an A. You need to get an A. Everyone's got an A. It's not. It's a competitive world out there. Great. That's really helped the anxiety. The problem is, is that, yes, the seeds have been planted and then the teachers immediately go, Where the, where's that um, blowtorch? Cool. Fuck that. No, that's the, that's the biggest problem. Leah, please tell me if I'm right or wrong on this. I was going to say, my school actually did have one of the talks where we had someone come in, but they told us... Was it okay, Dave? It'd be weird. That, <laughs> <laughs> we, we did have someone, but they kind of just told us what mental health is not how to actually recognize it in ourselves and in other people and it was actually exams and the pressure of exams that gave me agoraphobia it was it started my panic attacks and um when i went to sixth form it i don't know if it triggered everything but it made it 10 times worse being back in that environment and despite the talks it was never applied in school so i remember bawling my eyes out speaking to my head of year and they basically one of them was my old sociology teacher and said this isn't you Leah this isn't like you you don't do this when I was literally missing out on classes having panic attacks I'd go sit outside because I was having panic attacks and I was getting told off for this and when I went to go speak to the school counsellor she basically gave me a letter and said well sometimes you just have to deal with it and get used to it go sit in class and if you want to leave here's a letter to say that you can leave I'm having a panic attack. I'm not going to go up to the teacher and say, can I leave the classroom? That makes it worse. Like, yeah, it wasn't handled well at all in school. Yeah, I think a lot of it, I think, is actually because I know there's people out there going, oh, well, these kids nowadays don't want to, don't know, they're bored and all that kind of nonsense. Big thing for me, I don't know about you, Dave, because you're the nearest to my age. When you were at school, 
what year did you do your GCSEs for the first time? No, no, no. As in what, what, um, I did. Okay. I did a couple of them in year 10. Because you know, I was you were, you were I was bright by Liverpool yeah. standards. Oh God, that's getting that's getting me cancelled. <laughs> that's fine because you said it and you're from Liverpool. If I said it, I would be. And, um, I point... went to the 14th worst school in the country, so oh, I was well, bright by that school standard. So they put me in for GC for um, maths and English so in year there, ten. So my point there is, you were advanced, and so they put you in a year early. Yeah. The norm now is everyone is put in in year nine. Because you do it in year nine, and then um, year eleven you do it again. For most, so especially it was sats, it was sats in year especially nine, for grammar, especially for grammar schools as well. Seriously? And grammar schools, year nine. yeah, I've seen it so much. I've taught it, you know, year well, nine for, I mean, for grammar schools I've, especially, and grammar schools. I was going to say, I've got, I've got no. a kid in year nine right now. Well, one that's going to, literally into year ten. That didn't happen for them, and yeah, I've got so one in um, year eleven that's again, just finished his GCSEs. Again, especially for for grammar schools. So there may be, so, and again, there could be some disparity in where we are in the country because obviously you're several hundred miles away um but for, for around here especially and grammar schools that is the norm we want you to do them in year nine and then year 11 you can make them better if you haven't passed it even if you have passed it will make you do it again just because and it's a sta- it's a standard i've seen it in fact i saw it in a, in a school that wasn't even a grammar school it was like um it was the school we send you to before we send you to the one that no one wants to go to um and it became oh, it's become a norm. <laughs> <laughs> oh please wait a minute tom where did you go to school if you don't mind saying Channel? No, it wasn't Channel. Channels got better. They've got worse again. Oh, it, because it, of the it, new got, it got a lot better. I mean, I, when I was at Channel, we had um, we had an entire assembly in in year nine where the deputy head teacher had just heard back from people who'd left and gone out and got jobs and stuff about how he'd heard that people were getting turned down from jobs as far away as London and up north because they've heard of how bad the school's reputation was. Cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I I I mean, I mean, I went to one of the the, the highest schools in the country full, full stop i mean grammar schools don't exist where i come from either um <laughs> it's the accent isn't it um but i mean but, but then to, to put this out to put this out to <laughs> anybody out there as well so to give this to give this um thing for, for anybody that's worrying about the gcse just to back this up because it's what we've made your gcse's mean nothing and teachers mm-hmm. come at me education secretary please please i want the debate i mean if you if you really want it I, it will be me because these these guys don't want it, and they they won't be as harsh. I will. I'll sit at the sidelines and laugh. Um, that's what I do. You won't get a debate. <laughs> no, you'll, all you'll I'll get is we best. care about education. Well, they don't. I mean, say. it's just nonsense. I mean, it, it, <laughs> if, so the, the issue the issue here. So GCSEs mean literally nothing. They should be something that you're working towards, and of course you want to get a good grade. But when you're told that GCSEs basically dictate where you're going for the rest of your life, it's nonsense. So to put it in perspective, I was first diagnosed with depression when I was 15. I was first diagnosed depressive when I was 15. I was an antidepressant at 15. When I did my GCSEs first time round, I did not understand what the number two was. I was so high, I didn't know what it was because of the antidepressants. I did my GCSEs twice. I came up with six. Six GCSEs. I now have more um, letters after my name than I do in my name. I have an undergraduate degree with honours. I have a master's degree. I'm a, I'm, a, a royal, yeah, I'm a fellow of the Royal Society of Arts. The idea that your GCSEs dictate where you're going is nonsense. Because if it was true, I would have none of those things. I wouldn't have a degree. I wouldn't have a master's. I wouldn't be doing P, uh, postgrad. I wouldn't do any of these things. I'd be writing my own courses. I wouldn't be um, the only, in fact, the, the university that me and John went to, I am the only recognised tutor for mathematics at that university that has math teachers, math lecturers. So this idea that GCSE is the end of it is not true. You can always go past it. Look at Jane Goodall. Jane Goodall didn't have anything. 
she didn't have any degree masters. She had nothing. She went out into the wilderness and learned a lot of things. And I think it was Oxford or Cambridge allowed her to do a PhD because her knowledge was so far advanced of everyone. There was no point doing anything else. So anybody out there that's worrying about the results, and I think me and Dave know one person in particular that comes into our community that is the same. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There's no do difference. Not, do not beat yourself up. Do not get yourself anxious because of it. Again, do your best. That's all you can really be asked for. Do your best. And, you know, there's a lot of successful people out there that did not get the GCSEs. And there's a lot of people that are successful that have, or have become successful in academics, such as myself, who didn't have those that best start in GCSEs either. I went from those GCSEs to doing five A-levels. So the idea of, oh, well, you can't do those A-levels if you don't do those GCSEs. Um, you can. <laughs> so everything they tell you is nonsense. Everything they tell you is nonsense. If you want to do it, you've got the passion, and you want to build up that knowledge, you can. Do not listen to the nonsense and let the anxiety build up. That is my, I, I thought I'd got the rants out of my system. Clearly not. Um, <laughs> but it's something that I think we need to, to, be, uh, to be clear on for that as well. But um, I just want to kind of come back to something that Jordan said as well about the older generations, because we have focused a lot on, on kind of younger ones, universities like that. But for older generations, because this isn't a charity that is, not, is just going to go right, we're only helping people under this age. You know, we don't have, a, we don't have an age limit of, of um, who we help. So is there a way that you guys, or is there something you see in maybe your parents' age, although worryingly for Leah, that could be me and Dave. Um, <laughs> not quite. Gen no. X, yeah. <laughs> no, I, um, wait a minute. No, it, it is, Dave. Legally, it is for you. Age, you can start a family of 16. You're yeah, 17, yeah, 18 years older than Leah. That's assuming, that's assuming the person sticks to the law. And we are going. <laughs> I'm a scouser. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So um. So Let me Dave, name's so, my mother. So, so yeah, that kind of thing of like Dave could literally be Leah's <laughs> dad. But my point is, it's like the older Gen X or or, or backwards. Um, is there something we think that could help, or, or that we've seen? You know, um, we've seen in our parents or something like that. I mean. Is there anything that anybody's come across or could recognize or, or, or a state of mind that you think they might have? I think one of the hardest things is that I think you, is, is when it comes to people's self-talk and the, I think a self-talk is a language and um, the older a person is, the more practice they have had of learning the language of terrible self-talk. Mm. So me teaching someone about positive self-talk, you know, it's like basically we see it all over the internet, be kind to yourself, speak to yourself, how you would a friend and all that stuff. This is actually, it's not just a cliche. It's really good advice um, coming from someone who started doing it about five years ago. It's, uh, it's, it's massively transformed things for me. And it's very easy to teach that to a person who's, whose self-esteem hasn't, has been in the toilet for so many years because they've just been putting themselves down. It's like the expression I use for this is we don't guilt ourselves into greatness. You know, like you wouldn't put a friend down and expect them to do better because you put them down. The odd person would. And Adam's usually the exception to this rule. You tell Adam he can't do something, he'll totally and utterly go and do it. I mean, that is he, true. <laughs> you can 100% guilt Adam into greatness. He can 100% guilt himself into greatness. But he's like one in 200. Um, and the thing is, it's like so many people will be like, right, well, I've done this for so many times. And I often, you know, coming from a fitness background, I, I often liken it to, to squatting with bad form. If I try and teach someone, it doesn't matter what age the person is. If that person's never squatted before, it's very easy to teach a person to squat. 
if a person's been taught to squat badly or has learned to squat badly by watching dodgy YouTube videos or TikToks or whatever it might be, it's much harder because that what that person, if you're not starting from a blank sheet here, you're starting from a person who's, who's got muscle memory. They've got, muscle, they've got muscle memory of their knees being in a certain place. They've got muscle memory of their hips being in a certain place. When you're starting with a person who's put themselves down for many, many years of their lives, you're starting with a person whose dialogue is in a different place. You're starting with a person like, if I say that to that person who's squatted badly and I put them in the, the right position, the same thing that gets said to me over and over again, it doesn't feel natural. I say, okay, yeah, it didn't feel natural the first time either, but you didn't have anything to compare it to. And the same, like, we don't question whether it feels natural or not to put ourselves down because we start doing it when we're like six. <laughs> like, and as a result, it feels natural by the time you're 30 because you've been doing it for 24 years. Then some dude on the internet comes along and says, speak to yourself like you would a friend. <laughs> and you go, thanks, I'm fixed now. No, it doesn't quite, doesn't quite work like that. It's like the per you say to a person, say something nice to yourself. And I'm like, I can't. And then you go, no, just, just try it. And they try it and they go, oh, that felt wrong. That felt unnatural because their technique throughout their entire life that they're really good at is speaking to themselves badly. And now they've got to get over the idea of actually we're all rubbish at things at first and speaking to yourself nicely. Yeah, that's one thing. It's rubbish at yourself at first, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, we, I think me and um, uh, Tom, especially for martial arts, could probably uh, <laughs> say similar things of like people will always go, you know, yeah, but I, I just want to be able to do it because that's, that's the culture we've got into. And um, this idea yeah. that you can just fix it, you know, I've, I've, I think I've said this a few times when I've, I've had someone that couldn't do um, a movement and um, I said, yeah, but you've been doing it for like an hour. I was like, yeah, but you can do it. Yeah, because I've been doing it <laughs> since before you were born. You're like, your pet, it wasn't actually you, Jordan, no. <laughs> Anyone doesn't know, I, I taught you, Jordan. Um, no, so like I've, I've literally, I, I think it's just like, I've been, I've been doing this since before your parents were together. Like the idea that you could, that, like Dave said, that you can just kind of go, this is it. Oh, look, I can do it now. I'm fixed. Everything's wonderful. It's my issue with um, teaching certain things on, on TikTok. And it's, and the thing I will back up on, on Dave's, but change slightly is talking to yourself in a nice way can help as long as it's backed up with something. Um, because just going, hey, I'm wonderful today doesn't necessarily mean you're wonderful today. It means you told yourself you're wonderful today. It's the, the, the problem with the books like book like The Secret, where you just kind of look into a mirror. I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah, no, you're not. It's, 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 do something then. You know, I, I'm going to be really lovely. I'm going to be really lovely to everyone. And I'm going to be um, I'm going to be a wonderful person today. And then you stay indoors all day. Well, you kind of achieved it. Um, you know, it's, it's <laughs> got to have something. You've got to have something with it. There's, there's always going to be a, a backup. And I think you're quite right. It is, I think it's the biggest problem that I think probably all of us at some point have done is talk to the older generation of just going to go. Yeah, but come on, just you need to realize that there's a problem. We need to do. I'm sure we've all done it because everyone does to their parents, their grandparents, their auntie Vicky or whoever. I don't have an auntie Vicky. That's why I've used that name. Um, but you, you say that kind of going, you know, but why can't they see that there's a problem? Because like Dave says, it, it, it's blinkers. They've been doing this for their entire life. Why are they going to go and do that now? Because it doesn't seem right. I've done it with, with teaching people to run, especially as well. You know, it's unnatural. When actually the way that your PE teacher taught you to run, that's unnatural. We need to re-change change that one a little bit. You know, it, it just gets really, um, 
really harsh. I mean, how? what about the other three of you? Have you had kind of those times where it's been, or can you now recognize that you've kind of said things like that to people? Go on, Go on, Tom. I've, I've, the obvious one I've seen is um, from teaching people, for, like falling over and stuff like that, is uh, again, something not completely natural to people, but um, one of the first things we do, I mean, you've done it on self-defense sessions probably, is teaching people how to just relax their body and just drop their weight down. It's something that's taught and bred out of you, like, and taught out, taught you just don't do that when you're a child by your parents, because it makes it more awkward for them to pick you up. And so you have to relearn how to completely relax your body and to drop your weight. It's, it's harder for someone to pick you up and throw you and move you. Yeah. And same thing with like the way people look at like they, how they look at themselves and view themselves. Like you walk through any southeastern part of Kent and listen to some of the locals and the way they talk to their children out in public. And you can you can literally just hear where that conversation is going to go to that kid's head in a few years time where the, it's been drummed into them from before they could barely walk that you know they were being a pain to their parents they were getting in the way and stuff and then people wonder why eight ten years down the line the kids going i'm in the way i'm getting you know completely not in a good frame of mind as to where they should be when because that's the bit that they remember is being told off they don't remember the bits where they weren't told off oh yeah i mean how many times uh, can can each of us have a day where 10 things are told to you about how awful you are and 20 things are told to you about how amazing you are which ones do you remember <laughs> it's it's immediately going to go yeah i'm i'm a sack of shit you know yeah you're absolutely right yeah but we also said you're a beautiful person you're amazing you help everyone yeah but somebody told me i was a sack of shit and that's all you remember that's all you think about um i saw you nodding a lot leah got about before i was gonna say i don't i know it's kind of a typical northern thing to have a very stiff upper lip so i think it's very much that bred into us straight view this is how it is this is how it's always been kind of thing so I noticed with my parents especially they're quite gatekeeping on certain mental health conditions because they're taught if you're not at this very extreme then there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing wrong with me and particularly on my dad's side being Jamaican it's a very cultural thing to be very there's nothing wrong with you like just get on with it deal with it and I think to change their perspective just I've never found a way they've never found a way so I'm not really sure how to approach them yeah I think it, it can be difficult when it comes to cultural thing and I think the thing we got to remember here is culture isn't just you know black or white or things like that culture can be where in the country you are what your class background is what it just you, your sex everything is culture everything about it you know I do not look and sound like Leah does I do not look and sound like um, Dave does but that doesn't mean that Dave and Leah have the same views because they're from that part of the, the map. It's north of the wall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the ones north we keep Thames. away. It's, it's not, it, 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 I think the thing that we need to constantly talk about is that culture because that, that cuts across basically everything on top of that stuff that, we've already, that we already have. Is then, then we're fighting a cultural battle as well as a generational battle. And then, you know, I mean, it, it just becomes... It feels like you're trying to do an impression of, of Juggernaut from X-Men, where you just keep run, uh, running at walls and, and hope that they keep going down. Um, but unfortunately, I, I'm sorry if I get too geeky at this point, but eventually it's like when you hit that, that, the kid that takes away your powers, where you eventually hit a wall that just doesn't move. And I think that's, that's the problem a lot of us kind of face on these things. 
Um, That's not too geeky. The version of Juggernaut you're using is the Vinnie Jones version. It is the Vinnie Jones one, which of course (laughs) isn't the original. That's the film version. (laughs) That is the film version. For anybody that's watching that, of course, the film version has him as a mutant, and he's not a mutant because he actually has the 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 jewel of Sakurak, which actually gives him his power because it's a demon. Anyway, we're not going to go into the too geeky. We're going to. I do. I'm a I'm a comic book fan, but I think this is actually something. um, We're getting into the geeky that I think kind of comes on to where we step in with a lot of this, which is. We aren't just staying in, I, I'm going to use the lines because everyone says, oh, stay in your lane. Don't do this. Don't do that. Oh, you can't do all these things at once. You can't do this. Yes, we can. Because you're the one telling us not to. And you know what? Fuck off. That's it. That We come into it here when we kind of go, right, gaming can help mental health. Comic books can help mental health. The best one for me, especially in comic books, is why it kind of came into my head, is a YouTuber and um a Twitch stream, potentially a Twitch partner as well, uh, called Comic Story, Benny Potter. Um, and his brother writes for him as well. Now, he is known as Comic Storian and does all these things on, on um, comic books and all this, you know, uh, uh, retail stories with, you know, different voices. And he does uh, like a, a Marvel and DC version of D&D. And, you know, if you look at it from the outside, very kind of, it, it's the geek kind of um stunter. he's also um former um military his brother is also former military he broke both his ankles in the military when he's trying out for special forces um he's had issues with uh, mental health and ptsd the same i think his brother has also talked about issues of ptsd and has been helped by a passion and a love of comic books and actually they were both getting into comic books whilst they were still out in places like Afghanistan and Iraq because it was the, the one thing they could kind of keep hold of. And it was that release for them. It was that getaway. It was that, you know, it's not something they talk about that much, but when they have talked about it, it's been part of their help for them. And I think that's something important that if it's therapeutic, it is therapy. And that's the thing we, we always kind of look over. It's like, oh, well, it's not therapy because, you know, someone that looks like Sigmund Freud isn't sitting down with a, a, a notepad and you're not on a chaise line. Yeah, but it's still therapeutic, isn't it? It's cathartic. It's helping you. Yeah. Is, is it helping you? Go and look at the dictionary definition of, therap- of therapeutic. It is therapy. Um, it's just that we don't like to call it therapy. And it, it, more than that, it's not even alternative therapy, because I, I really hate that term when we talk about these kind of things, when people talk alternative therapy. No. To me, alternative therapy is standing in a field somewhere, people are hitting you with um, bits of branch and, and calling on the demons or something. That's alternative therapy. That's the nonsense. <laughs> what we're talking about is things that actually are therapeutic to you, help you in your day-to-day life. And a, a hobby, an interest, something that you can get into. They're not alternative to therapy. They're just therapy. They're just something that you do that helps. And I think, obviously, we're doing the, the videos that are coming out more and more. We're going to have about 50 billion a year. And they're on t- so many different things. We, we've got some coming out on uh, with music to help people with music, to help people get into gaming, um, with martial arts, meditation. You know, I think that's the thing that a lot of people need to, to start to look into is this idea that, as we said right at the beginning, it isn't a one size fits all. There is no such thing as a one size fits all. It just doesn't work. It, it can't work. We're not all mm. the same. As we've just talked about the fact that there's cultural differences, there is generational differences. If it was one size fits all, the entire world would look like um, it came out of 1984. Which, granted, my name is Adam Parsons, and one of the characters in 1984 is called Parsons. But still, um, it's it's that's just not what what it is. You know, th- there's there's more to us than that. And I think that's the thing that we hope to do with the charity is pushing it more. Now, the thing I'm going to say as well is to 
change the discussion a little bit because this is one where people might disagree with me. And I, I'm, I'm not saying that no, I'm not saying that no one disagrees with me generally. I think everyone disagrees with me. It's just that some of them are smart um, enough not to just just shout at me for it. Um, but uh, but basically, you will have heard during this several times. I think pretty much only for me swearing, and you have heard um, coarse language, anything like that. And depending on where you are in the world, that language may be specifically worse or not. Um, and I'm unapologetic about it when we talk about these. For me personally, as I said, these are my view, my viewpoints, they're each individual viewpoints. But our discussion when it comes to mental health and helping people with mental health isn't one that's going to be closed off just because you come to us a certain way. Um, when people come to you and they're swearing because of their, they, they're in the depths of hell and they start swearing, saying, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know what's happening, my parents done this. For and your first response is to go, oh, you're swearing. Oh, no, 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 we, we don't allow that in our, in, our, in, our, um, in our community. You know, the people that we have and that we will start to have lists coming up um, with counsellors. I don't want any counsellor on there whose first response to someone is, well, if, you're, if we're doing sessions, then you're not allowed to swear. Because, okay, then you're, you're never going to help so many people. So What's many people are going to be left to the side. But it's, it's, how many times do we see it on Twitch or on, on YouTube, on everything? How many times do um, certain news broadcasters um, knock you down because you sworn? And that becomes a story. That becomes a story. Not, not anything about mental health, not anything else. It's because they swore. That's what becomes a story. Even when it's not mental health. If we look at um, Danny Dyer, Danny Dyer had a serious discussion on the EU and leaving the EU and David Cameron. And he had a good point. The problem is, is that he's from the East End of London. He's used to swearing as part of his lexicon. And so his immediate thing was to call David Cameron a twat. Now, he was actually making points along with that. What was the story? What does anyone else remember about that um, news broadcast? It's Danny Dyer calling someone a twat. That's all that anyone focuses on. Nobody really focuses on the problem, the discussion. And I think that's where we would hope, I feel, to change that a little bit. I think some people in here may have different points at which they see the line but I would I, I think that's something that we can be different on that I think some charities out there are not as open to it I don't think you should be banning swear words full stop that's, that's the same thing to me as going right you're no longer allowed to use the word there no reason I just don't like it no one's allowed to use it anymore mm. I mean, unless you're unless you're being intentionally offensive towards someone then that's a different issue but banning words just because you don't like them or maybe it's not seen as uh airy fairy and happy go lucky well this is a difficult topic you can't make it airy fairy it is tough to talk about for a lot of people so they should be allowed to express how they're feeling in any terms that feel comfortable to them who, who is a counselor to dictate to someone how they can tell them how they feel it's ridiculous mm. i mean we've i've actually heard from someone who got told that the reason they were um they were in, this was a counselor an actual trained um counselor in seattle in america um, was told that the reason they were having so many problems is because they weren't a good enough Christian. And it's the same kind of thing. Well, you said the keyword America, but... <laughs> I mean, you know that I got once told <laughs> my bipolar assessment that um, I just need to get more Facebook likes by a, by a psychiatrist, right? So what? I went, this is the reason I have not been back to have my bipolar reassessed in about three years. 
Um, when I went for my last reassessment and I wanted to be placed back on medication, it was actually the first time in my life that I wanted to be on medication, which is ironic. And um, you have, I go through the whole process. I have to do a two-month mood diary and everything so, so that the, psych, the therapist, the psychotherapist can kind of look at the two-month mood diary and see what it's like. And I'm even terrified looking at writing this diary because it was I've done them before and it was the worst one I've ever written. And um, I thought, oh, God, I was beginning to kind of worry. Oh, they're going to probably put me on a really high dose or they're probably going to they're probably going to do more than I actually want here. And really, all I actually want is just leveling out a little bit right now. Um, And I took it in like lots of kind of bated breath going in. And he looks, takes a look over and all the rest of it. And he goes, um, he's like, I think your diagnosis is wrong. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. This is going to go somewhere. He's like, you know, he says, I don't think you have bipolar. I think um, I think you just need a bit more success. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, you you run your own business, don't you? I'm like, yeah. He He goes, how many Facebook likes have you got? And I was like, about 400. And he just went, get 500. And uh, that was the end of the conversation. Um, and I've got 10,000 now and I feel a lot better. So maybe he's right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but that's, that's the whole thing, um, annoyingly. So yeah, I've, um, that was the last time I actually spoke to a, a psychotherapist about, about my condition. And I, you know, what I needed to again last year, really, but couldn't get hold of anybody last year, really. You know, it's like it was all telephone appointments and all the rest of it. And um, yeah. So that's, I've been I've thing. been gritting my teeth and just <laughs> yeah. plowing on through and, and you know it's a it's been an interesting few years, shall we say? Yeah, I mean I think it, it, it's all part of the same discussion, isn't it? It's this idea that um, somebody's bringing their that. cultural. Oh, someone's Alexa. That was Siri. Siri. <laughs> Siri sorry, didn't. Um, <laughs> someone didn't catch it clearly. I mean, at least Siri had the had the um, the, the wherewithal to check something rather than just give you a re-diagnosis. Um, so I mean, it comes into the same thing. If we all have this that people have this cultural bias and that needs to stay the hell out and you know whether that's to swearing whether that's to oh you think that someone just wants social media likes because i I guarantee you that is now probably a a given response to a lot of gen z's of like oh well you're not really depressed it's just that you know not people are are following you on on uh, tiktok or something it's like it's not how that works but that's actually creating more of a problem Yes, well, yeah, for says the person that the more likes I get, the more I want. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've just changed my baseline. But that also that also feeds into your bipolar, though. (laughs) So, well, yeah, that's um, the whole problem. I mean, that is the thing that I think we need to make sure that these things aren't taken out. Now, people will have seen me in other podcasts, in uh, other discussions with people, um, and I am, and this is why we have, as I said, everyone here is different because one voice shouldn't be put forward as it. And, you know, I am far more happy, for instance, than everyone else here to swear when I talk about mental health, because I can be a little bit ranty, just a little bit, occasionally. No. <laughs> um, so obviously- and, it's and, not so. And I mean, but then, as I said before, I think the passion is important. If, if people have a passion there, you, you, you're almost kind of matching the passion that somebody that is on, in the depths of hell is coming to you with. You know, if your first thing is to just kind of go, no, 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 we don't, we don't talk like that here, then don't be part of the goddamn discussion because you're not helpful. Um, and so, but then equally, we have people here that have come across it, um, issues with um, cultural bias, such as yourself, Dave, with that, that do the same thing. It's just a, a slight change now. And I mean, when you look at 
some of the nonsense that's said about people like for, for you dave when they've they're like oh get to um get to 500 you're at 10,000 now so obviously your bipolar doesn't exist anymore you you never have a manicist episode that's not, i mean that's just not a thing is it? i mean jesus um <laughs> you know the, the idea is that the government i mean if we look at say specifically actually on the idea of um, uh, of bipolar people like stephen fry who most of the arguments against... Um, he's got slightly more than 500 Facebook likes. I've not oh, yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, he was once called the king of Twitter. Um, and, you know, this is someone, again, who actually very much swears, has done a documentary on swearing, um, and, and talks about um, the interactions that he's had and that he always wants to please someone. And um, that's, that's part of his thing. But, of course, there's all, uh, automatically a cultural bias of, for different things about him from other people. And so, yeah, but we just think he goes on about too much. Oh, and we don't think that. And we don't. And I think the biggest thing is that we have to be open to all of these things. We have to be open to different ideas around it. If it is not, um, if it's not actively damaging or actively financially damaging or whatever it is, then I think it's something that we should look into. Um, and I think that's something that everyone, every mental health charity out there, every one of you should be looking into. Because if you're not, then what are you doing? Because you're doing the same thing of, of um, that the NHS does with CBT. You're going, well, this is our answer. Oh, it doesn't help you. Yeah, but this is our answer. But it, it hasn't helped you a second time. How about try again? Oh, for fuck's sake, just, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the problem that, that we don't have to, you know, if something doesn't help, right. Try this. That hasn't helped. Try this. That hasn't helped. Right. What else can we do? What is it you think that we can um, do? Have you got any ideas that might help you? Is this an interest that you've had? Is there a hobby you've had? That's the way I think it is the way to go forward. And the fact that we have several voices rather than just one, because obviously I am the, the, the noisy one, I think is important. You know, well, I, I've said this before. I've said this in private meetings as well, is that we have we all have titles. You know, I'm, I'm chair. Leah's treasurer. Tom is secretary. Um, and then general trustees are uh, Jordan and Dave. But in reality, when it comes to actually making decisions, we all vote on it. We all decide that it's good. I mean, so far, everything's been unanimous, um, the actual actions. And I think that that's the important thing. And I, I think it's important when anybody watches this as well, is that this is, there's a reason that this is an open discussion because this is not edited. There's at no point you'll see editing this, mainly because it's me doing it. I'm just, I can't be asked with that. Come on. Um, <laughs> the editing, the, the, the the open discussion for it, I think is important because an open discussion is what is needed when we come to mental health. So I think it'd be incredibly disingenuous as trustees if we went, right, this is us. This is an introduction to us. This is how we feel. This is what we have a view right now on specific things because, you know, things change day by day, day, especially if you have any kind of mental health issue. You do not necessarily have the same opinion you, you did 20 years ago. Um, or 20 minutes ago. I mean, there's only, I mean, one <laughs> of us, one of us was only one 20 years ago, but, um, but you know, this is an open script because it's important to have that kind of thing. And I think it's important for people to see an open discussion of mental health, because I'll be honest, I rarely see them. I can, I can find actual open discussions, actual open discussions on mental health in four places and two of them are mine. So that's that's the it's problem. one of them mine as well it is yeah actually two <laughs> two of them two of them are yours dave um and that's the problem is actually no i mean that's that's uh, there's probably someone else i could probably go to as well but there's so often there's there's something that stops you you can't swear you can't talk about this type of um issue you can't talk about how low you were there you can't do this we can't say that oh well we can't make assumption there we can't do no let's just 
do it. Let's stop trying to make sure that we don't make somebody else feel uncomfortable. I said this so many times, but neurotypicals are the ones that put the barriers up to stop the neurodivergence, making them feel uncomfortable. Well, I'm sorry, but neurodivergence have been existing for as long as you. And the fact that you've been making us uncomfortable since that inception, you don't get to decide anymore. You're done. Uh, it's, it irritates me, really irritates me. So that that is why if anyone's if anyone has got to to all the way through to this point in this podcast, firstly, well done. Get yourself a sticker because you deserve it. But um, you know, are you, are you making stickers? I want one. <laughs> Just I feel like the next time Jordan comes onto camera, I'm gonna have to have sent him like a um, some kind of. Uh, gold star or something like I'm we do for primary school boring ones um, circles and stuff well i'm sorry but our our, our our um logo for the charity is a circle david um i'll draw, I'll draw a brain it's not it's a it's a brain in some hands well, yeah but i mean when i draw it it's just all right five, whatever that'd make a great sticker i'm just saying yeah if anyone again if anyone's watching you see what i have to put up with it's clearly not just my voice I just talk more. Um, so that's something as well. That's also something that I think counsellors don't get, actually, don't, counsellors don't get onto as well, is that they don't recognise who needs to talk, who doesn't need to talk. Who, it's, you know, open up to me, talk about this, talk about that. I actively have issue if there's silence. I, it, I, it genuinely causes me issues. Like I've, I went to a friend's wedding a few years ago where um, I was with an ex of mine and there was no radio. There was no TV. There was nothing. It was silent. It was a Christian retreat. And I was literally walking back and forth. I looked like something out of some bad um, 50s movie because I was literally walking back and forth. And I, I, my, uh, my ex, literally, we drove to a pub and started playing darts just, just so I could have some music. I cannot stand silence. I go to sleep, to YouTube and things like that. Um, I, there's always sound if I'm awake. That's why I when get I'm... all those views on my channel then. But yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> it's just me. It's just me, just checking. Um, um, there, was, there was a good one with, um, with the, the, the doctor recently as well, if you want to go and check that out. Um, so, um, yeah, that's what I, what I need. But I'm well aware that for other people, they don't need that. And, you know, it's just simple things like this. We all need to be aware who's willing to talk, who doesn't want to talk, who doesn't want to talk. Now, you know, we, we have people in here that are very different on how they interact and how they do that. All of these things need to be um, made clear when we do anything. That's why there's so many things that um, Up for Mental Health wants to do. You know, have these interactive videos where you can get into the, the hobbies and the, the interests and have those um, bits of therapy. That's why we're going to be having those um, lists where you can interact with counsellors who actually follow our um, ethos. But will not just be all CBT or all um, PCT or all um, psychoanalysis or anything like that, because, you know, people are different. Um, it's, it's weird because it always amazes me that one from the NHS, because I always wonder if you're treating someone and giving them surgery, do you give the same amount of um, anesthetic to a 20 stone man as you do to an eight stone girl? Because of course they're exactly the same because that's how you're treating the CBT. Well, everyone's mind's the same. Okay, well, the body's the, the same then because the mind controls the body. So make your goddamn minds up and start spending money where it's needed. Um, and I think this is, this is why it's important to have the, 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 the many voices and the many interactions. So none of us expressly talk for the charity. We as a whole talk for the charity, but I think it's important for anyone watching and anyone getting into the discussion to know that we're real people. We don't just talk like 
people on the news that want to be liked, that want everyone to go, oh, aren't they professional? I don't care if people are going to like me for it. What I want to do is help. If that's happening, then that's the important thing. I don't care if someone off of GB News said that, says that I'm some kind of lefty softy. I really don't care. I, you know, actually helping someone is what we want to do as a charity. And that's, that's my way of thinking. I, somebody else can talk now if they want to, to kind of back that up or, or to kind of talk about that, that aspect of it. Everyone goes hate that association. <laughs> hate silence, <laughs> remember. <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. No, come on, Jordan, carry on. Uh, I hate that association of um, helping people or just wanting to talk to someone about something they're going through is left wing. It's not left wing. It's just being bloody human. It's that simple. Stop trying to uh, tie off some kind of crappy predetermined political label to something you don't understand. That, that, it really grinds my gears. I'm like, oh, it's left wing because you're trying to help someone. Piss off. No, it isn't. You're just an arsehole. <laughs> that simple help people it's not a difficult concept it's yeah. not left wing it's not right wing it's just being a human well it goes to my my line there jordan because you just brought it up is my line on online a lot is um everyone's an arsehole it's just whether i'm your kind of arsehole and dave i know you're mimicking <laughs> me at the same time but that's the thing it's just i was just waiting I for it to come up I <laughs> I it's we don't have to, i don't believe in being nice for the sake of being nice i believe in doing something that's my issue going back to the, the thing on, on mental health um, day and, and week and month and whatever the fuck they've come up with now is stop placating, stop making it look nice and do something. Yeah, on mental health month this week, this year even, yeah, that basically I put a post up saying, here's what I'm going to be doing for mental health month. And it was basically like two YouTubes a week, one podcast a week, two switch streams a week. And everyone was like, oh, that's so good. And I'm like, it's what I do every month. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but, I, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to utilize, I'm going to make the trend and see, and see whether it makes it look like I do more than I actually do. But no, I do, I do back you up on this in the fact that I think, if people are concerned, the, the open conversation thing is a huge thing and it isn't represented hardly anywhere. And even to a degree, it's not 100% represented in our, in our department because if we had a guest on that was able to give complete and utter medical advice, we'd be against terms of services on Twitch when we actually do it. Um, slightly different with YouTube, but but obviously it's like there are there's there's terms and conditions absolutely everywhere, isn't there? But the thing is, yeah, when people do have mental health discussions, it's the primary concern is always can, to keep this space safe, not to keep this space effective. Safe is it, it, it's first do no harm. I think I said this first when I was on your when I was on your show the first time. I said people, it's it's, it's that it is that medical principle, you know the uh, yeah, the Hippocratic oath: first do no harm. You know, and that's the whole exist. thing is like. Which, yeah, but but that's that's what most people when they set up a mental health conversation is it's like first do no harm. Well, we, we need to make we need to make sure everybody's safe, we need to make sure everyone's comfortable. And actually, I disagree. Like, it's strongly. impossible. Well, yeah, I mean, the, 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 well, yeah, it's I mean, physically impossible, but, yeah. but but everyone's comfort should not be your first priority. Yeah, I mean, the first thing Hippocratic Oath, Oath is something that's said on, on in Hollywood. No one actually signs up to you to it. It's not a requirement. Um, also, um, what they should say when they talk about do no harm in terms of the mental health space is um, do no harm that we can see, because that's what they mean, and that's the biggest issue. Is they mean a hundred people have come to your stream. If ten remained that were happy, the other ninety went and killed themselves, but you didn't know about it. 
then you did no harm. And that's the problem. Because, and I, I know, I can guarantee you at no point in, in this have I put keywords onto YouTube that mention mental health because I actually want people to see it. Hmm. Because YouTube won't like that. You know, YouTube, sort yourselves out as well, um, is the problem. When What they actually mean is, if we can't see that they have ended up overdosing, they've ended up self-harming, they've ended up um, being in the depths of hell, homeless, everything else. If we can't see it because you didn't allow it in your discussion, then you've done no harm. No, you've done no harm to the people that are there that you can see. It's not that you've done no harm. And that's the biggest problem when it comes to these open chats is it's you're doing no harm to the people you see. And, you know, the amount of times, I mean, the amount of political comics you could make out of it, of like, you've got, you've got this amount of things of like, oh, the sun's shining, everything, and then behind the wall, everyone's in poverty. It's the same discussion. It's exactly the same thing. But we always ignore it because, oh, we've got to be nice to people. But the problem is, is that you're not being nice to people. You're, yeah. you're, you're treating them with kid gloves. I mean, it's, it's basically the, the, the kid in the bubble. Well, actually, the second they get hit with any kind of disease, that's when they're in trouble um we need to be realistic with people and again this is my viewpoint but you know it's something i'm not going to change on oh come on someone jesus <laughs> <laughs> i'm just trying to leave space for everybody else because you know like, you know I mean, i'll, I'll talk I'll, about I'm, this stuff all night <laughs> i was going to make a comment about you know how you could take that entire analogy and put it to various things in politics but you took the bloody comment away from me and said it yourself <laughs> <Selfish bastard. laughs> but i mean it is, it is just so true that it's it's something we the, the the whole do no harm when it comes to mental health and the, the tos now i certain things about tos especially when it comes to medical um things i can understand it like you as we've said you can't give a an overall diagnosis on mental health or, or medical health now i get why that would be a tos thing because people then um, may associate themselves and be self-diagnosing and so that's what they're trying to avoid the problem is is when you have things like on twitch for instance where they've only just allowed you to put the words mental health into a poll about asking people how their mental health is that would be twitch the organization who um decided that they would have an entire week dedicated to mental health and have men <clears throat> mental health streamers um but didn't allow polls to say mental health in them to check in on someone's mental health and i think that's where the problem happens is you we need to let people actually get into these spaces. Um, I've talked about it, and I'll, I'll, I'll give this kind of analogy as my, almost my, my last thing before I get anywhere else, is I gave this analogy a couple of times now, where if we look at it in terms of a, an open discussion on mental health, then if you're into trainers or sneakers, if you're in America, and you walk into a shop and the salesman, uh, there's two people you can go to. Okay, the first salesman comes up to you and goes, right, we've got these trainers over here. These are for everyone. Um, this is it's really, really kind of safe. Um, this is what most people wear, quite fashionable. There's these things over here. These are really expensive. Very, 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 very expensive. You've got to go through a door to find them. And they're really out of reach. But, but they're really expensive. Now, you, I mean, you might want to see them, but they're really expensive. But these ones over here, these are for everyone. That, 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 that's there. But then you have the second salesperson just goes, oh. Okay, so what is it you're, you're looking for? Is it like, what kind of stuff um, do you need? We've got some of on this size, they're a bit more expensive. Um, they are expensive, but if you wanna have a look at them, try them out, see if anything's helpful for you. If they're no good, we do also have the ones over here. They're, they're a bit more kind of uh, generic. Most people seem to get something out of them, find the right size and everything for them. Um, but if you wanna have a look at them, just let, let us know and we can always get something down for you and we can, we can figure out pricing and stuff like that. Now, which one sounds like the one that you're actually gonna go to? And that's the problem when we come to the idea of mental health is that the, the space that a lot of people um, are in is the first one. 
it's the idea that, oh, you want to talk about something that we don't want to talk about. Well, that's really, really expensive. You've got to go through this. There's this big red button that says, no, that's what you've got to go behind. And of course, you're not going to go to it because everyone's telling you not to. It's, it's standard human um, psychology. You're not going to go for the thing that says warning on it. It's <laughs> warning, danger, stop. No, of course, you're not going to go near the fucking thing. That's what it's created for. <laughs> And this idea that, oh, well, it makes it safer. No, it doesn't. It makes, and it's, again, I've said this before. If you, were, if, if you were under any kind of abuse as a child or anything like that, and the one thing you, you held on to every night to know that you were safe was your teddy bear. Your teddy bear is probably a trauma trigger. Who the fuck has ever put a trauma or trigger warning up for a teddy bear? So the second you put any kind of cap on your idea of trauma, then you're immediately gatekeeping and assuming some one person's trauma is, is far worse or more valid than somebody else's, purely because of your assumptions as to what it should be. And that's what I have big issue with when it comes to all of that. And I will step off of my soapbox. And um, is there anything that anybody wanted to round up or come off of that or to round up on at all? On that topic, um, my thoughts on it is the, is uh, it's something I, I talk about this in motivation, the shrinking middle class of motivation. You know, it's like basically motivational quotes only work on people who are already kind of motivated and people who are whose momentum is <laughs> on the lower end of the scale are like, oh, not this shit again. Um, and feel as a result less. I know. I know. Um, and feel as a result <laughs> less motivated. And I feel very much the same when when we have the the more safe space conversations the safe space conversations are really good for the people who are already kind of okay right now mm. but are really like excluding towards the people who are currently in trauma and it's like the thing is if someone comes into a if someone comes into a conversation whether it's a stream or like or just telephone phoning on the radio if they still exist i imagine they do if someone comes into that and says you know and basically their thing is you know, I really feel like self-harming right now. And then the, the the operator or the streamer or the host or whoever turns around and says, I'm sorry, you shouldn't be talking about that right now because that could affect other people that are listening. It's okay. There's an expression I use for this. Don't expect a person who's in crisis to act like they're not. And that's the problem is we're expecting the person in crisis to have the clear, the clarity of thought to consider. And first of all, the person in crisis does consider everybody else most of the time. You know, it's Too very much. rare that the person's selfish, but they've maybe they've actually got to that point by considering everybody else before themselves for too much. And now you're asking that person who is clearly at a point of need and help to consider the thoughts and feelings of, of other people. And um, before, I, and then that's very dismissive again. It's like, okay, but what really is something you said earlier when you said that neurotypicals have basically created the rules and, and regulations to make the neuro, to make neurodivergence feel uncomfortable. Well, actually, if you're a host hosting a situation like that, you're creating the rules to make yourself comfortable at the expense of the person who's mm. calling in or typing in comfort. And yeah, it's you, you know how I feel about this. And maybe that makes me a gatekeeper is the fact that I don't think you should be using the mental health tag if you're not prepared to talk about, you know. Well, I and I mean, I think it should be an extra tag. Yeah. There should be a mental, like what we say, this, because yes, mental health should be okay to put in as a tag if you yourself as a streamer or as a host have your own mental health concerns. Um, so it should be that should be one tag for that and one tag for actually we're here to talk about this stuff. I think the difference is um, for, from me and you that have this opinion is for those that don't want people to talk, they will tell you that you can only look like I said, with a salesperson that you can only really look at those common trainers. You can only really look at that. Whereas us 
who want don't really want the the term um, warning or anything like that and want more open discussion. We don't tell you that you can't look at either. We're not the ones saying you should only think like me and Dave. We don't say that. You, we're not saying you should only think like us. You should only ever want to talk open and things like that because some days you really don't want to. We're just saying well, that it shouldn't be something that you're encouraged not to do. So you go to both of them or you can go to both of them. Some days you want to go to this one. Some days you don't. You want a new pair of trainers, but you're, eh, they're only going to be ones I wear for the weekend. So I'll just get some cheap ones. Um, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing we want, we want to look at is only one side of that coin is saying that you can't look at the, the other. And it, it's not our side. So um, Leah, Jordan, Tom, is there anything you wanted to kind of wrap up on before we wrap up? I'd say they, as somebody who works in technology on the, the whole Twitch thing, it, it sounds more like they probably just built that particular part of their platform in a bad way and then didn't know how to update it quickly. I might be wrong, but that's what it sounds like. Um, I mean, that, that is you, 90% of <laughs> how people build and make these things. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, we'll, we'll do this as quickly and easy as we can. Cut, copy, paste. Shit, it doesn't work right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can we just move this button from the top left to the top right? Well, ah, no. Why? My well, wonderful friends, could you just? Yeah. Could you just? Um, but from a technology standpoint, yeah, uh, large technology driven organizations do need to do better. And they, at the moment, they're kind of starting to gatekeep things. Um, I'm not in a position to say whether they're doing it correctly or not, but they, they need to be aware that you can't close off things like mental health from people. Every time you're closing something off, you're actually making the problem worse. You're not actually protecting them. That's something they need to be a bit more aware of. Yeah. Is it having that, or if you're going to have the door in the way, at least make sure that the key is easy to find. Yeah, or, or signpost them somewhere else. If you're going to block off this particular avenue, make sure they've got somewhere else to go. Point them somewhere. Don't just say, sorry, door shut. Yeah. Leah, did you, is there anything you wanted to kind of wrap up on at all? No, I pretty much agree, especially with the whole having tags thing. I find, particularly with influencers that we see today, they like to use mental health as almost a, a checkbox to say, look what I stand for, but actually do nothing about it. And I think. So, Mental Health Month? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I couldn't help that because it is, it is, it's the kind of, aren't we great? But um, okay. You know, my university literally, when we went for our induction, literally prided itself on the fact that they were so good for mental health. Given the stories I've heard from you, uh, yeah. Leah, I think they may be lying. Um, Tom, was there anything you want to kind of round up on there? No, no, I think of, I mean, I just got like, just remembered something that was like another analogy of praise that was taught by um, when I started working doing cleaning up chemical spills was the just because the hazard signs there doesn't mean the hazard has gone <laughs> and it's yeah. you know it's getting a bit of the whole you know oh you know close the door you know yeah so the door's closed but you need to do something about the fact that it's still there it's, yeah this is, again it's the same issue with everything it's like youtube twitch the whole lot is like barton's going right cool you can't talk about this moving on it's, you can't talk about this but is what needs to happen then divert it to something else or somewhere or someone who can yeah yeah exactly i mean i i'm i said i wasn't going to but i, I just because it's come back to me i'm going to give it a very last analogy and then we will finish because <laughs> it just it seems appropriate um when when you kind of close off these avenues or when actually you say to yourself that you know yourself best and so you don't want to um go to a council you don't want to you don't want to look into the past or whatever like that. now you do have to be in the right place to do that that's not something you should necessarily always look for again 
you can always go to that side of the sales hall, not necessarily the other one. Um, but it's something to remember is um, if we look at your trauma, your issue as a loaf of bread that you have on the side, um, if you go and it's brand new loaf of bread, it's in the plastic and everything like that. Um, and you go out for the day and you come back. When you come back, the loaf of bread is still there. It still looks exactly the same. It's not changed. It's not moved. It's not done anything. Then you go away for a couple of weeks and you come back. Well, it looks a little bit different. There's, there's a little bit of condensation on the inside, but it's, it's still the same loaf of bread. Now you go away for a couple of months and you come back. Now it's, now it's got moldy and there's a lot of condensation on the inside. It's, it's starting to move outwards and the plastic's getting a little bit bigger. Now you go away for two years and you come back. And when you come back, it's just a black mess. It's a growth that you no longer recognize. And the problem is, is the more that we don't interact with that, the more we're told not to, not to open that um, loaf of bread, not to open that bag. What ends up is the thing that we first thought of as our trauma, what we first understood, and the, the thing that we actually knew when we were talking about, it's not there anymore because it's something far worse. I think that's something we all need to remember when we're doing it. Um, okay, I think that's, that's our kind of uh, a roundup. Again, this has just been an open discussion just to intro ourselves. We are um, the trustee for, for mental health. Um, our discussion is a normal discussion, but we are always open to, and we will have um, our ethos and our values are on the website up for mentalhealth.org. Um, you can see what we're kind of um, interacting with, but I think it was important for us to introduce ourselves. Every month, we'll have a different video on here. It could be various different things from just a video on meditation to another a, a chat with a professional. It could be all sorts of different things. We're going to have these once a month on the Up For Mental Health uh, YouTube channel. So um, please do, again, like, comment, um, and subscribe. Do make sure to comment if there's anything you want to um, hear from us or anything like that. Please do let us know. And um, thank you, every uh, one of the trustees for joining me, although you kind of had to. Um, and thank you out there for joining <laughs> us as well. And um, hopefully, if we can help, we will. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>